Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? All right, I'm finally not jealous of you. Because <laughs> I'm back home. Yeah, you're back home. Back home. So Yes. I mean, even though I enjoy Raleigh, it's but it's it's no Pacific Northwest and it's no, you know, Bass Harbor right. and Bar Harbor, Maine. Right. That's correct. Yeah. So, so back home. But it was good to be home. I was gone for two weeks. So Yeah, rub it in. Sorry. But hey, I'm headed to California next week. Take my son to orientation out at California Baptist. Awesome. Get ready for the big trek at the end of August. A full week-long drive. That'd be fun. That sounds wild, but uh, that that's a lot different than my plans in the next few weeks. Um, move-in day at College at Southeastern is uh, in about two, two and a half weeks, and uh, or two weeks from Monday. So I guess it's just a little over two weeks. You know, you're driving across the country. I'm going two blocks. Yeah, rub it in. Yeah. If you so. forget something at the house, no big deal. We'll get it at dinner. That's right. That's right. She can come home and do her laundry, come home and walk the dog, like all kinds of things. So, uh, yeah, it's a little, little, little bit different. But still, college, we're in a whole new era now. Yeah, we are. Holy smokes. And our my kids start school here locally, you know, high school and elementary this coming week. So it's 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 that time of year. That's what happens. I know some schools around here have already started, Aim. Yeah, that's, uh, it, it, you know, it's very different here in North Carolina. We don't start until the end of August, right before Labor Day, which is a law here. It's a state law that they can't. Wow. Yeah, that's why they start so late. The legislature did that, and it has to do with, um, tour. it's the economy and tourism, particularly on the coast, in the beach towns. They needed a little bit more time for, like, family vacations and, yeah. and things like that. So the schools are not allowed to start until the last week of August. All right. Look, uh, whoever's running for the state legislature in my district, let's, let's fix that too. And <laughs> you like we'll that? Talk. Yeah, I like that. Just get them out of the first, but you, you were also like Drew was graduating or, you know, not graduating, but like he was going to school, like right up to annual meeting last year too. So that's right. I mean, that's right. But that this'll be, th- yeah, but this will be our last year. So, uh, he graduates, so, and that's it. You got a yeah. whole lot longer ahead. Shut up. You got yeah. four Rub kids and a like, young one, so. You're yep. just getting ready for that empty nest. That's all it is. All right. Well, hey, oh. enough about us. Um, it's good to have you back home, and it's uh, good for everybody to be back here. And it's also good to have Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary as our sponsor once again this week. If you're looking for theological education that includes both academic challenge and hands-on ministry experience, check out Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. And the best way to experience Southwestern is attend their fall preview day on October 21st. Preview days are your opportunity to see firsthand all that Southwestern Seminary has to offer. During your visit, you'll tour the campus, speak with faculty members, chat with fellow students, hear from President Adam W. Greenway, and experience the unique campus community of Southwestern Seminary. Fall preview day is October 21st, so register today for free over at swbts.edu slash preview. That's sws.edu slash preview. All right. Well, Amy, we start with the ERLC this week. We got an update from the president's search team over at the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. Basically, they have just announced that they are now working through the process with an active candidate and they will present their report at the board 
meeting at the, the annual meeting of the trustee board in September. So they had uh, narrowed down to three candidates in February. And then, um, and then they talked about wanting a strong consensus among search team members. And now they're at this current candidate. So it's been a little while, but they want to make sure that they, they come together on this. Yeah. We had kind of expected a, a maybe some kind of update at the annual meeting. Didn't get it. And uh, we now have the update. So we're about six weeks away. That trustee meeting that you mentioned in September, I think is 12th, 13th, 14th. So that's the week before the EC meetings uh, that are the 19th and 20th. So that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and they're having those in Nashville. So we'll be in attendance for that. Say we, Amy won't, I will, uh, because it'll be just like a floor below me. So uh, I'll go down and we'll sit in on the plenaries and any of the meetings that they let us sit in on and um, just kind of watch for that and see if we have any news leading up to that about a potential candidate for the presidency of the ERLC. That has been vacant since May of last year, I believe, uh, when Dr. Russell Moore issued his resignation and left uh, for a role at Christianity Today. So um, it's been, what is that, 15 months now, 16 months uh, that we've been waiting on uh, an announcement here. So they they got to work, I think, last year right after the annual meeting. So they've been going at it about a year. And, uh, you know, we've got that opening. We also have a couple of state exec openings, uh, BGAV, as well as South Carolina are are both open right now. So um, we got, and the EC, obviously, um, is also open. So uh, four kind of big openings right now in the SBC. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that and and see if uh, we got any news leading up to that September trustee meeting, as we mentioned. All right. One addition that has been made over at Guidestone, Amy, they have a new chief marketing officer, Justin Stoll. Yeah. So Justin Stoll has just joined. He's held marketing roles with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Ramsey Solutions, uh, Crew, and has also served on staff uh, with uh, Southern Baptist Church. So has a lot of marketing experience focused on brand development and digital. And uh, so they announced that they announced that this week and he's going to be just providing all of their marketing efforts across all areas, including mission dignity. Yeah. So a lot of different areas. I mean, we, we tend to think about Guidestone and kind of a couple of, you know, buckets, the, obviously the retirement side of things, you know, the original annuity board. We also talk about Mission Dignity quite a bit here on the podcast, and we also, you know, everybody knows they they kind of facilitate insurance in churches. They also have an investment area uh, that you can do investing with Guidestone in addition to 403B uh, that they offer, the retirement plan that they offer there. So a lot of things going on at Guidestone. Congratulations to Justin on that move over there. Excited about what we'll be seeing from Guidestone in the months and years ahead uh, as he joins up with the new president over there, Hans Dilbeck at Guidestone. was just over there last week, and um, I did not meet Justin. He wasn't there, obviously, uh, but did have a chance to sit down with Roy Hayhurst, our good friend over at Guidestone, runs PR stuff for them, and I even saw my buddy David Spica while I was there, so that was good. So, oh, very cool. Have yeah. you guys done a We haven't done one lately. lately. We need to. We, we talked about that. We've just been so busy. We've been traveling all over. He's been traveling, vacation stuff, and I've been doing, and we, we just haven't been able to sync it up. So we're, we're looking at trying to get something before the end of August kind of get back in that rhythm. So we'll, we'll, okay. we'll find something. Don't worry, Amy, it's coming. All right. We'll get you your monthly market update. And it's there's a story actually in Baptist Press this week um, talking about the stock market and the, just the turbulence that it has seen. So we'll, uh, we'll kind of keep an eye on that. And uh, speaking of the Dallas area over in Fort Worth, we got a note this week from the provost over at Southwestern Seminary that David Allen, a longtime professor at the school, has resigned. It's kind of a, a unique thing. We don't that statements like this don't always get 
released about resignations, things like that. Sometimes they do, but uh, it seemed like this was in response because there was a, a statement that had been published by Dr. Allen. So Ben Scog, the provost, released a statement just speaking about that. But Dr. Allen has resigned. He's not at Southwestern anymore. He's been there for a very long time and uh, really been in theological education for about 40 years. So uh, so definite change coming there. Yes. Full release of that statement is over at the Southwestern website. I think there's going to be a store on Baptist Press today as well in relation to that. Some sad news, Amy, from one of our other seminaries over at Gateway, Professor J.T. Reed passed away following a battle with kidney cancer. Yeah, this is really sad. Now, I didn't know Dr. Reed, but uh, just the, you know, this is always tough and it's not just tough on, you know, family, but tough on the entire campus community. So he was a professor of leadership formation and then also was associate director of the D-Men program there. And uh, so he was diagnosed about 18 months ago, um, but really, really tough. I loved uh, Jeff Orge's uh, quote. He talked about how uh, he confronted his illness with a level of spiritual depth and maturity I found inspiring. It spoke to the reality of his faith and the steadfastness of his relationship with God. Um, so just a, a, a great tribute there and uh, the full the full releases at Baptist Press. Yes. So, hey, Amy, he was a parliamentarian for the California Southern Baptist Convention from 2006 to 17. That's really cool. That's a long time. It's 11 yeah. years. Yes. So. so I thought you'd appreciate that. All right. And then some kind of ancillary, not really Southern Baptist news, but interesting nonetheless. Amy Grant, kind of the legendary, I guess, contemporary Christian music artist. She's going to be a Kennedy Center honoree this year. First CCM artist ever honored by the Kennedy Center. Yeah, that's that's a huge deal uh, to for that to happen. I didn't ever realize that or think about that, but nothing in like, you know, Southern gospel, anything like that. Bill Gaither should be in there. Dead gummit. Yeah, I would think so. So it's the 45th class of honorees, uh, along with George Clooney, Gladys Knight, uh, who I, I love Gladys Knight, um, a composer, Tania Leon and you too. I mean, like, so, that's a star studded kind of little group there. I mean, like, yeah, she's going to be rubbing elbows with George and Bono. Right. Like right. what? It's kind of a, kind of a big deal. So I take that back. I said not uh, Southern gospel, but there has been gospel music, uh, Marion Williams and Mavis Staples. Oh, okay. So there's been that, but not, I mean, no Gaither like that, not that, but not um, that kind of gospel, Southern gospel. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Huh. Yeah. So, uh, but just very cool. And uh, congratulations to her. Yeah. And then later in the week, she, Amy, she fell off a bike and had to be hospitalized here in Nashville. Had a bicycle accident. I know. It's really hard. So she was treated for cuts and abrasions. Um, she was wearing a helmet, which is good. I mean, I've known people who had pretty bad bike accidents without a helmet, and that's a really scary situation. So she has, has been staying. She's been at the hospital for observation and treatment. It sounds like um, nothing too serious from what I can tell. Well, she had to stay uh, an extra night. Still, it it kind of makes me think that she did hit her head because they're talking about she did she was wearing a, a helmet, but she has to stay an extra night. So maybe concussion type stuff or whatever. Yeah, it's I don't know. Possible, I'm speculating, but, yeah. obviously, there, but yeah, but it says stable condition. Yeah, so we don't want to speculate too much. Yeah. It says stable condition. But if whenever yeah. you have to stay an extra night, a second night at the hospital right. for observation and treatment, that's more than just some cuts and some bruises. Right, right. That's fair. So, 
Yeah. Yep. So reading between the lines there a little bit, but uh, we pray that she'll be all right and uh, be able to, to take part in those Kennedy Center honors later this year. All right. That's going to do it for the news this week, Amy. Kind of a light week. It's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. We're going to go back just 20 years um, to a tough week in SBC history because of a big loss, but I have been reflecting on it this week and wanted to just use that to, uh, to kind of honor somebody. So it was 20 years ago this week, um, July 25th, that, uh, that Southern Baptists and particularly those in the West lost Rick Ferguson. He was one of our leading pastors in the Western United States. He was the senior pastor of Denver's Riverside Baptist church. Um, so he was killed on July 25th, 2002 in an auto accident, uh, while he was, was on a a family trip. And a lot of times, um, Rick Ferguson is brought up because he was the first husband of Kathy Litton. So uh, Kathy Litton, who's at NAM and is a great friend of the pod and uh, wife of Ed Litton, who just, you know, obviously finished as SVC president. Um, but one, you know, one thing I think, and I've been reflecting this week as, uh, as that kind of moment was marked is a lot of folks don't even know all the contributions that Rick Ferguson really made to uh, Southern Baptist ministries, particularly in the West. So I started looking, I was looking at the BP release, uh, after it happened. Then there was also one, um, about, uh, that just talked about the memorial service and it's pretty incredible. Some of the things that he was doing and leading out on, and, um, he was really before his time in, in church planting and had set up almost kind of a church planting uh, focus around the Denver area, around Colorado. Um, and, uh, and as well as really focuses on um, racial reconciliation, ethnic diversity um, there, the, the church there at Riverside uh, was, had, had really grown in his time there. It was um, hold on. I got to see the, it had really grown in his time there it grew to 4,000 members. When he got there, it, it was down to 400 under his leadership. It grew to 4,000 members. He planted like, I, I don't know, something like 20, uh, between 20 and 30 churches um, that the, that Riverside planted. And this is in 2002. So it's, you know, it's one thing, I mean, I'm at a, a church that talks about church planting, but this idea of churches planting churches um, Riverside was doing that way before we were talking about that, you know, in mass in the SBC. And then he had, they had a, a, an initiative called arms around Denver beginning congregations among Hispanics, African-Americans, Vietnamese, Indonesians, cowboy church, biker church. I found a, a great article about, uh, one of the, about the, uh, biker church that, um, that they had started. It was called church in the wind. And it's, um, it, it just really, really cool. And what, you know, even kind of a, the, the loss that they felt, but I also found some insights. I found a, a, an upload. I'm going to put this where people can, can look at it, that it talks about it's church planting insights from Rick Ferguson. And it was just some thoughts. Uh, someone kind of put down that, that he had said, so he talked about a spiritual awakening that he had, um, wanting adjust, wanting to make adjustments in his heart 
in regard to the Great Commission. He said the direction of the Great Commission is to go, not to come. The destination of the Great Commission is global, not local. The design of the Great Commission is to produce disciples, not merely decisions. And then they made three adjustments um, in their philosophy of ministry. And so he was telling leaders this about being church planting churches. One, he felt that God was telling uh, the church that they needed to start thinking about kingdom growth, not just church growth felt that God was telling them to think meta church, not mega church. So, and we're not talking obviously about the metaverse that the word mega means large, the word meta means change. And so the focus needed to be on, I mean, essentially we talked about at Lifeway, we, you know, transformational church years ago and what it really means. And he started talking about things like multi-site, um, multiple congregations, a hub church that was uh, raising up pastors, leaders, church planters, and then thinking catalytically, not just bureaucratically. So what was amazing when I read this, Jonathan, is to think, is to look at the things that he was saying, especially to these other leaders out West. And these are things that I've been hearing among Southern Baptists in maybe the last 10 years, 15 years, but this is like, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to share, I want to share the, um, the, the obituary that Baptist press put out. And then as well in the show notes will be kind of some, uh, a story that was really beautiful about his memorial, but also I'm going to put those notes in there. That's church planting insights from, uh, pastor Rick Ferguson. Cause I think it's just really great to see, uh, the vision that he was casting back then. And then what we're actually seeing happening in churches now. Um, so I, and, and I think it's important, you know, he served as um, he, he served as uh, first vice president of the convention. So, I mean, he was, he was considered a leader in the Southern Baptist convention, but he really, really set the pace for what's happening out West now. So uh, this is a, this was definitely a sad week uh, 20 years ago in SBC history, um, but also a great opportunity to highlight um, a legacy of one of our great leaders. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for that, Amy. I think he honored Rick well with that. So, folks, if you get a chance, take a look at that obituary and kind of reflect on that. And like Amy said, I mean, he really was, you know, kind of ahead of his time uh, with what they were doing out there at Riverside. So, uh, very cool and uh, very nice of you to honor him this week here on the show. Amy, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is. Uh, mine is a Baptist press story about a great friend of mine, Alicia Wong. Oh yeah. 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 So yeah. Yeah. Uh, Diana Chandler did an incredible story about her. She's a professor at gateway and I just, I love Alicia. She's absolutely incredible. And, um, so have learned so much from her through the years, but this is actually about a ministry that she has just as a foster mom that um, it says, t- starts out talking about how she developed a heart for adoption after learning of China's one child policy um, and that her parents moved to the U.S. after her older brother was born. But she realizes that, um, you know, if if they had not, that she wouldn't have, um, you know, she wouldn't have been been here or her birth would have been deemed criminal is what it says. And she said, ever since I learned, heard about the one child policy, even as a little girl, I always thought I would grow up, get married and adopt kids. And so, um, 
even as she, uh, you know, came in her career and she remained single, she started thinking through, uh, what, if that's what she needed to do. And she became a foster mom. Um, and I, I have to tell you, I love this story because I knew this about Alicia and have even, uh, prayed for some of the, the situations, uh, the, the people that, uh, the, the children that were in her home, um, but to read this and kind of just see the the whole story and what she is doing, that's an incredible part of her ministry. So she does great things there at Gateway, training up uh, women leaders. She's also an incredible example to women across the Southern Baptist Convention in our churches. Uh, but this is a, an amazing thing that she's modeling as well. So I love that. I think this is a great, uh, this is a great time where we're having a lot of conversations about foster care and adoption uh, right now. And I, I just love this story. So I want to commend that to everybody. My resource of the week is also another article at Baptist Press. And this one was first done by the Tennessee Baptist and Reflector, the state paper here in the state. And we picked it up, put it in Baptist Press, and it focuses and highlights Lynn Richmond, who is the convention manager, uh, helps run the entire annual meeting process. And uh, she works with me, obviously, over at the executive committee. And it was just a really good piece that Lonnie Wilkie and the team over at the Baptist and Reflector did on her, kind of detailing her path to, uh, you know, basically running one of the largest religious gatherings in North America every year. Yeah, yeah, she's been she's uh, been serving the executive committee for yeah. a long time. Yeah, and, almost thirty years. Uh, yeah, that's twenty eight. I think twenty eight years or twenty eight uh, annual meetings or something like that. So. So if you have a chance, read that story, check it out. And, uh, just, you know, if you see Lynn anytime soon at any of the events or site visits or something like that, thank her for her service and uh, all that she's done over her span of 28 plus years uh, to help serve Southern Baptist and prepare our annual meetings every year. So we're getting ready. Uh, we're going to be down in, in New Orleans in just a couple of weeks for the big kickoff event down there on the campus in New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. If you're in the area, do join us uh, for that. I'm going to be sending out some information about that as well. So uh, we'd love to have you join us in New Orleans. Amy, need to get you down some reason. I don't know. Come with Keith for a site visit. I don't, Keith doesn't do site visits, but you need to come down to New Orleans. Come see your friends. I love at New Orleans. Tara. Go, go see Tara one week and we can all go out and have crawfish or something. I love New Orleans. So. Yes. Great town. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, that's going to do it for our show this week. Again, thanks to our sponsor, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Remember, if you're interested in seminary, want to try to uh, maybe get that extra degree, go back and get your doctorate, your DMIN, your PhD, your EDD, whatever it may be. Check out their fall preview day, October 21st. Amy, that's going to do it for us this week. I'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.